Chara Supply Chain. Highlighting and showcasing solutions for the most complex challenges. Facing the industry in 21st century by our team of subject matter experts and mentors. Broadcasting every week all year round, we will present the most up-to-date series of podcasts and webinars. Hello and welcome to another episode of Bicara Supply Chain, the podcast. This is Norhadi, your host. Today we got Sonia Siderova. She is a founder and product manager at NIF. Uh, this is a company who has specialized on improving the workflow performance and based in Belgium. Okay, so we'll be talking about improving workflow performance in supply chain. Thank you so much and welcome to the show, Sonia. Hey, it's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, very nice. So, okay, before we get in, can you please brief a bit about your professional background? Yes, of course. Um, my name is Sonia, and I have over a decade of experience in software development, product management, and process optimization. I also hold an extensive track record as a management consultant in helping businesses improve their process efficiency, delivery times, team performance and business outcomes. Yeah. I'm also the founder and product manager at NAIF. NAIF is a Kanban analytics suite, a, a plugin that fetches and analyzes data from management platforms like Jira, Trello, Asana, and Azure DevOps to help managers optimize their delivery processes using a data-driven approach. And currently, I'm fully focused on growing my business. Mm. Ah, wonderful. So, so yeah, uh, when people talks about the performance in supply chain, which could be very wider, right? It is important to understand the objective of managing performance itself. So, in your opinion, what are the objective of managing performance in supply chain? Well, I believe that the emphasis should be to think about the whole value stream as a workflow. Every process of delivering value from the idea to the final result consists of steps that need to be executed. So we refer to the execution of these steps as workflow. And managing performance is essentially managing the efficiency of your value stream. We use flow metrics to measure workflow performance. These are lead time or the time needed to deliver value from the request to its release. Throughput, which is the amount of work delivered for a certain period of time. Work in progress, which is the amount of work currently in progress. And flow efficiency, which is the percentage of the time you actively work on something versus the time it took to deliver it. At its mm-hmm. most basic level, managing performance boils down to managing these metrics. Yeah. And then, do you have any suggestion on how to improve the workflow performance in supply chain and why do we need it? (laughs) Well, um, there are at least a few reasons why you need to be aware of the performance of your workflows. First of all, very often demand exceeds capacity and that fact is invisible. Mm. Excessive demand leads to burnout. When unrealistic goals and impossible demands take place, Teams' active engagement leads to rising levels of stress and their overall productivity and efficiency begins to drop. Burnout is a state of chronic stress. Its its symptoms start to appear after prolonged 
periods of too much workload and elevated stress levels. So given the capacity of your team is relatively stable, constant excess levels of demand introduce the risk of burnout. And it could be a huge waste. It is a continuous business struggle finding and attracting highly committed and engaged individuals anyway. Introducing these individuals to your internal processes and the ins and outs of your business is a big investment. And by exposing your employees to a demand they are not able to handle, you run the risk of losing your most motivated and hardworking people. Furthermore, your customers, they need predictability. Mm. And excessive demand and poor workflow performance cause lower productivity, poor efficiency, and normally delayed deliveries. And when demand exceeds capability, delivery times increase. And in the end, our clients are those who have to wait longer to receive what they've requested, right? And from a client's perspective, this is a complete disaster as they have little to no predictability and very slow service time. Um, Poor performance leads to multitasking. In my experience, teams often feel so busy, but nothing is ever quite finished. And with a constant stream of new requests, it's easy to jump from task to task without delivering any results. Very often, work gets stuck in the workflow due to dependencies, bottlenecks, or external blockers. So what do they usually do? They move to the next task. And when work in progress begins piling up, your team will be forced to constantly switch the context, trying to handle all the work at once. And trying to process multiple tasks in parallel will result in some switching costs, also called the cognitive switching penalty. This is the friction that happens when your brain tries to shift focus from one subject to another. And it is estimated that the cognitive switching penalty per task could be at least 10%. Multitasking makes your team members feel busier while delivering less. It leads to overburden, poor service quality, and negative effect on your employees' engagement as well. There is no such thing as productive multitasking. The most productive way of getting things done is focusing on one thing at a time. Mm-hmm. The solution is to get more things done rather than do more things. To stop starting and start finishing in order to achieve more. Yeah. And the approach of finishing work in progress before starting new work, it is fundamental to reducing delivery times, which also greatly motivates your employees and boosts your customers' satisfaction. Yeah. It enables your teams to adapt to change more quickly and your organization to move forward faster as a whole. And that's absolutely crucial for sustainable business agility. My other advice is to avoid 100% utilization of your employee's time. Mm -hmm. I've seen that managers are often obsessed with optimizing individual idle time, but that contradicts the optimization of the overall workflow efficiency. You need idle time for your team members to make small, long-term improvements and achieve an efficient workflow. You should avoid 100% time utilization. You shouldn't manage workers. You should manage the flow of work to be able to deliver value as soon as possible and stabilize your workflow. And when it comes to delivering value in a consistent manner, it all boils down to optimizing the overall flow efficiency, not individual efficiency. And 
I've seen that companies that empower self-improvement initiatives for their employees are much more successful than those who try to utilize their every minute. Mm-hmm. That's exactly the sort of mindset leaders need to inspire their teams and ultimately build a culture of success in which workflow efficiency is constantly improving. You should retain from starting work at once. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't fall into the trap of starting to work on requests at the moment it arrives. It will only pile up on the rest of the work in progress and it will delay everything else. So focus on improving your delivery speed by keeping as much work in progress as your team is capable of handling. Balancing demand against capacity implies that teams set a rate at which they accept new work that corresponds with the rate at which they deliver it. And by keeping your new requests on hold until you have the capacity to start working on them, you maintain that balance, avoid delays, and essentially speed up your overall delivery process. Yeah. Wonderful. So then, uh, since you are now working for NIF and been engaging with the main industry, do you have any uh, example of uh, best practice on workflow, which may useful to be adopted by company organization? Well, there are certain principles that can be adopted to improve workflow performance. Start by making your work visible. Map your value stream onto a Kanban board. Each column on the board corresponds to a process state. Each card represents a piece of work. Cards move across the board as work flows through the process. This gives you complete visibility on how much you have on your plate and significantly improves the collaboration within your team. Chances are you'll be able to spot excessive demand just by looking at the board alone. Next, enable work move forward by applying WIP limits, work in progress limits. When facing long lead times, very often we see managers feel that they are falling behind and begin working on more tasks. But starting new work without taking the existing workload into account is very dangerous. Workers become unable to fully concentrate, incur a switching fee, and their efforts are spread to thin causing even longer lead times. Using the Kanban board alone helps you gain a clearer picture of your capacity, but what we want is to align the demand with it. And to get there, we need to introduce work-in-progress limits. Yeah. Because your processes can still get stuck if there is too much work-in-progress. And you can avoid that by putting a limit on the number of tasks that can be in progress at any one time. Once the work-in-progress limit has been reached, no new work items should enter the system until one of the outstanding items is complete. And when you're not able to start new work as the WIP limit has been reached and your outstanding tasks must be cleared first, the whole team is able to focus on resolving bottlenecks and collaborate effectively to enable work move forward faster. Third, shorten lead times. You can do that by implementing a pool system. WIP limits will help us align demand and capacity But what we also want is to eliminate multitasking, improve process performance, and shorten lead times. Switching to a pool system is one of the simplest ways to achieve that. Pool systems relieve overburden by enabling team members to start new work at their own pace. 
they don't juggle between multiple tasks, risking a cognitive switching penalty or burnout. They focus on one thing at a time. This way, the quality of work and delivery times improve. So team members work only when they have the capacity to handle your demand. In a pool system, every process is split into an active and a queue state. Queue states are passive states where work is waiting in a queue to move forward. And team members pull tasks from the queue states once they have the capacity to do so. A key component um, of a pool system is the use of pool signals to indicate that a new task can be handled. A pull signal is triggered when the number of cards in a column drops beneath the specified width limit. Mm -hmm. This is a signal to the previous column that a new task can move further. Once the work in progress limit is reached, no more tasks may be pulled until an outstanding one has been completed first. This approach prevents team burnout by ensuring that they only have as much work as they are able to manage. It also helps prevent bottlenecks and work from being neglected. Yeah. The results are an increase in throughput and a reduction in lead times, which in turn means happier customers and greater profitability. Next, improve process performance by removing bottlenecks. Mm-hmm. All systems help us reveal the fact that not all work in progress is actually in progress. By observing your queue states, you can assess how much work has been idle and spot process bottlenecks right away. There are tools that can help a lot on that manner. If there are too many tasks in a queue state, it will become immediately visible on the cumulative flow diagram. On the CFG, every bump corresponds to a state in your process, and the bumps that represent queue states should either disappear or remain very small. This would mean that there are no tasks in the queues or that there are only a few sitting there. Yeah. However, if the queue states bounce are getting wider with time, that points to a bottleneck in your system and probably your team is having difficulty handling all the work that arrives. Yeah. If there are too many tasks staying in these states, bottlenecks are forming along the way and the chances of delay increase significantly. You have to maintain the balance between demand and capacity. And to maintain that balance, strive to keep your work in progress as consistent as possible. If the whip is consistent, arrival rate and departure rates will be in sync. As long as whip is consistent and the average age of whip is consistent, you are maintaining a stable system where demand and capacity are aligned. And the more stable your system is, the more predictable it becomes. You have to keep track of your aging whip to minimize delays. It is important to observe how many tasks are in each queue state and how much time they spend in the workflow. Mm -hmm. So measure the age of tasks in progress. And there are analytical tools that can help you achieve that goal. The aging chart, for example. Using that tool will help you identify work that has been in progress for longer than the rest of the tasks completed so far. Mm-hmm. And the higher the age of a task, the more likely the chance of a delay. Mm-hmm. Implementing a whip limited pool system optimizes process efficiency, increases team productivity, and prevents overburden. It mm-hmm. enables you to identify how much time it really takes for your team to create value versus the time they need to deliver it. 
As they pull items and stick to the whip limits, delivery speed will increase while keeping the balance between demand and capacity. All right. So wonderful. Uh, I think this will be our last question today. So what are key important things for implementing a successful or best workflow? Well, every business is unique and yeah. the processes shaped to suit their customers are also unique. Mm -hmm. My best advice here is to start with what you do now by providing transparency on the current state of your workflow and gain awareness of your current performance. Then slowly improve by applying small incremental changes. Strive to set up a stable system and use data visualization tools to maintain the balance between demand and capacity. Yeah. This way, you'll secure a steady flow of work while keeping your employees engaged, your customers happy, and your business position for success. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. Wonderful. So, thank you so much for your time, Sonia. It was uh, really my pleasure speaking to you. It was my pleasure as well. Yeah, see you next time and goodbye. Thank you. Goodbye. At Bichara Supply Chain, we are committed to driving global perspective to embrace technological adaptation in improving process efficiencies. Don't forget to subscribe, like and share Bichara Supply Chain. And stay tuned for the latest updates. To learn more, visit our website www.picharasupplychain.com. Thank you for listening to us. We look forward to seeing you at our next episode.